Hello, and welcome to The Hidden Archives. I'm your host for the evening, Nicole Clark. I want to start off by saying that we appreciate your patience so far. I know we took our time coming back after the holidays, but we are more than ready to continue with our regular release schedule. Of course, that all starts with tonight's story. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hidden Archives Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Hidden. It's only fitting that we get our wisdom this week from Leo Tolstoy. It's not given to people to judge what's right or wrong. People have eternally been mistaken and will be mistaken, and in nothing more than in what they consider right and wrong. Therefore, we would be eternally mistaken if we didn't do what is right in giving you the following warning. If you choose to enter the hidden archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content will follow. This is your warning. War is hell, but those that are condemned frequently aren't there because of their own sins. They serve the penance of corrupt leaders and warmongers. This leads many people to protest the futility and insanity of it all. But what if there was a protocol that could prevent war? Or at least minimize the suffering? As we will hear tonight, there may yet be hope, even if that hope is bleak. Mutual Assured Destruction Those three words are pretty terrifying to hear together like that. And that's the whole point. It's a strategy of defense based on intimidation. The big idea being something like an eye for an eye. Or, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. When we put it like that, it sounds really petty and childish. Kind of like the kid at the birthday party who's allergic to eggs and decides, if I can't have any cake, then neither can anyone else. So he trashes the cake and ruins the party for everyone. I know, it's not the same thing. How can we relate nukes to cake? I mean, cake is enjoyable to almost everyone, but nuclear weapons bring no one joy. Plus, mutual assured destruction, or MAD, is intentionally ironic. Meant to say that having such an arsenal is ridiculous and immoral, or actually, mad. You could go even further and say that the very idea of being met with an equal or greater counterstrike of weapons of mass destruction should be enough to keep any power from even contemplating the use of such weapons. I mean, that's the whole philosophy, right? Don't hit me because I'll hit back harder, and we'll both go down and TKO. But that's the icing on the cake or the stink on the shit. It isn't just me versus you. It isn't that we both go down. It's that everyone goes down. Of all the military powers that have nukes, not a single power is alone without allies, and not a single power only has one or two nukes. They all have thousands. Nuclear war between any of these powers isn't localized. It is global thermonuclear war. It's complete destruction. The party that is our planet is ruined for everyone, everywhere, forever. Knowing this 
Tell me how nukes are so different than a cake at a party with an out-of-line child. The people who are in charge of these arsenals are practically children themselves, with how they treat situations and handle these weapons. You need to understand that mutual assured destruction isn't just a thought game or an intimidation tactic. It is very real. Do you know how many times the world almost succumbed to nuclear war? Accidents happen all the time, and mistakes are made. Sometimes these accidents are technical in nature, sometimes they're human error. And they seem to happen at a comically frequent rate within certain global defense arenas. To provide some context, I want to tell you a story I once heard about a time when the world almost accidentally entered nuclear war. I don't know if this story is true or not, but it paints a picture either way. Sometime during the height of the nuclear arms race, an early warning system went off. The alarm warned defense personnel that there were nuclear weapons inbound. Their response? Fire back. They traced the trajectory of the incoming weapons and discovered that they would hit all over the country. But not only that, they realized that the weapons had originated from one of their largest and most well-armed foes. Thus, the decision was made to fire back with everything, to completely annihilate their foe with extreme prejudice. However, there was a protocol in place that said that multiple people had to authorize and initiate the response, the counterstrike attack. The protocol was designed to make sure that a lone agent couldn't start a war on their own, and so that an accidental attack couldn't take place. It was designed to avoid unprovoked hostility. Therefore, two different people in two different places had to converge and agree to launch the attack, and they each had their own key to the weapons, keys that had to be used simultaneously. By design, only one of these individuals was at the controls to launch the weapons when the alarm went off. So they called for the other individual who rushed to the base. The only issue was that the command center, where the weapon controls were located, was at the top of some sort of large tower. So by the time the second person arrived, they had to ascend this tower. Normally, given the use of an elevator or lift, it would be less than a minute ride to the top. However, by chance, on this day, the lift wasn't functioning. So the second person had to use the stairs to climb up several stories to reach the command center. When he got to the door, out of breath and sweating from the climb, he struggled with properly entering his access codes to even get into the command center. He could hear a commotion behind the door as he frantically, and with hands trembling from adrenaline and exertion, struggled with entering his access codes. After several failed attempts, he heard a phone ring in the control room. Finally, he was able to successfully enter his access codes and the door unlocked. Upon entering the room, he rushed towards the port where he was to use his key. However, the officer on the phone quickly hung up and told all parties to stand down. The officer on the other end of the phone call had contacted the command center praying that there was a delay in launching the weapons because it was actually a false alarm. The early warning system had malfunctioned. Had the lift been working, or had the second key holder been able to enter their access code a little sooner, they would have been successful in launching almost the entirety of the nation's nuclear arsenal against another country that hadn't even posed a threat at the time. 
They were betting on mutual assured destruction, and had they retaliated, the other country would have been sure to respond likewise. True or not, this wasn't a one-of-a-kind incident. Again, these things happen all the time. And not just in this country, but in all the others as well. How long until someone gets it wrong? How long until the lift is working? How long until someone's hands are steady enough to enter the access codes? Just one thing different. Just one change. Just one variable out of place. And it's the end. That's why I'm telling you all of this. I need you to really understand how insane mutual assured destruction really is. We can't risk the life of the planet and of 8 billion people because of some twisted dick-measuring contest. This nuclear circle-jerking is one variable that can be removed from the list of potential planet killers. That's why a military group that is pro-defense and anti-aggression came up with what we call Operation Doorstop. The idea behind Operation Doorstop is simple. In the event that our country is faced with imminent annihilation by a rival faction, we will not retaliate. We will hold the door open and take the assault. We do this by preventing a counterstrike. That way the world isn't destroyed by global thermonuclear war. Yes, our country is destroyed in the process, but our rival country, our enemy, should survive. This ensures that there is a future for the planet and the human race, even if certain policies and philosophies of fear and aggression are the ones that initially form and guide it. The hope is that the rival faction sees the error of their ways and uses the collapse of the world's economies and systems to start anew. And even if they keep their same policies, the human race can still continue. Eventually, it will be allowed to evolve beyond such negative characteristics. In fact, we have already started down this evolutionary path. Things like hate, fear, prejudice, aggression, and deception are not part of human nature. They're instincts. But as we evolve, we learn to overcome these instincts. We learn to put our animalistic past behind us. But we can only put something behind us if we can keep moving forward. Operation Doorstop allows an avenue to do this. Obviously, though, something like Operation Doorstop has to remain a secret. If a rival nation found out about it, they could use it as an opportunity to launch an attack with the knowledge that there would be no retaliation. This is the biggest risk for such a perilous endeavor. Fortunately, there's a solution if the operation were discovered. There's always a solution to every problem. You just have to be open to finding it, executing it, and accepting the outcome. Our solution? If Operation Doorstop were discovered, all individuals involved would immediately expose themselves and surrender. This would make it so that no one involved could actually carry out their orders. Our nation would, unknowingly, revert back to a status of mutual assured destruction something that the rival faction would understand and see before they could launch an attack, and we could go back to a nuclear stalemate. Again, though, we must not let this happen. As long as MAD is a possibility, there is a possibility for accidents. 
we have to let them think that Matt is the only way. That way, we can remain mobile and act if and when the time comes. I do realize how crazy this sounds. Like, I'm just going to let my own countrymen, my family, my friends, co-workers, and acquaintances die if some foreign national loses control? Well, yeah. And I'd be dying right there with them. But in the process, I'll be saving lives. Nukes don't only hit military targets. They don't seek out the insane and unstable and just do away with them. They kill and destroy everything. Soldiers, civilians, leaders, peasants, animals, plants, and the very earth itself. True bravery, true honor is not killing an enemy. It is standing up for what is right, even at the cost of your life or freedom, and the life and freedom of those you care for. It is giving something up so that others can continue to survive and move forward, even if you don't like these others. You could liken it to a game of chess. You have to sacrifice a few pawns, right? Well, sometimes. But if you've ever played chess, you know that frequently at the end of the game, you still have a pawn and your king, and your opponent might have something quite similar. But all the other pieces are gone from the board. Eventually, it comes down to a literal stalemate. What then? I guess at that point, maybe even before it gets that far, one of the players lays down their king, extends their hand, and says, Good game. To avoid a stalemate, someone has to throw the game. This is a calculated move. It's an honorable move. And even though it doesn't seem like it, it's a good move. It puts an end to the game. The alternative is to keep taking turns dodging each other's attacks. But for how long? Until what? Two equally matched opponents can carry on a game of cat and mouse chess indefinitely. This is a petty strategy. It relies on the hope that your opponent will screw up. It relies on the notion that you are somehow superior. There is no honor in such short-sighted and childish behavior. That's why Operation Doorstop exists. And that is why I need you to know about it. The exact details, you'll have to figure out for yourself. But if you are discovered, you have to come clean. You must keep it absolutely secret. You may wonder why I'm telling you all of this. If such a delicate operation must remain secret, wouldn't this compromise it? Well, as you're about to find out, an attack has been launched against my country. Thus myself and my associates have initiated Operation Doorstop. The world is on the brink of thermonuclear war. The early warnings have all been confirmed and they are genuine. We have maybe a few hours before everyone in this country is vaporized unless our defense network can mitigate the threat and neutralize the weapons that are already inbound. However, this is unlikely. Some might be stopped, but the rest will still hit and the devastation will be complete. It's not that war is on the horizon, rather that we are in the early morning of the war already. Well, war is maybe the wrong term. War means that there are multiple factions going up against each other. 
Since the operation seems to be going successfully, you can expect no retaliation from us. But when we're gone, our allies might respond. Hopefully this is a limited response. Otherwise, what was the point? Because of what is already happening, I was compelled to inform you of all of this. This was my sole responsibility as part of the operation. You need to know what happened and why. You also need to know that we forgive you. Otherwise, again, what would be the point? I do hope that you initiate similar protocols like Operation Doorstop in your nation in the future. Better yet, I hope that you just disarm. This really can be the last time that anyone has to share this information with anyone else. But if the powers that be wish to rearm in such a way, then this is humanity's only hope to continue. Finally, as you've probably already guessed, this isn't the first time something like Operation Doorstop has been executed. Honestly, not that many people know about it, but my country only exists because of another country's version of the operation. Something very similar to what I am now sharing with you was shared with us over a thousand years ago when my country was called the United States. People always wondered how a nation like the United States could launch such a devastating and unprovoked attack and then not receive a response. Well, it was an accident. Like I said, accidents happen. Our leaders thought we were under attack, so we retaliated. Turns out, it was just bird shit on a sensor somewhere that fooled the computers into thinking that another nation had gone on the offensive. But someone on the receiving end of our so-called counter-strike was level-headed enough to let us know what I am now letting you know. Their agents were able to stop a retaliatory attack, and the United States was spared. For your sake, let's just hope that our efforts are also successful. I just wish we had taken the steps to disarm instead. Learn from our mistakes. And until then, consider everything else I have said and immediately enact your own version of Operation Doorstop. Cheers to the end. May it be a new beginning for you. Considering the subject matter of that narrative, I'll spare you my usual witty interjection. Instead, I wanted to remind you of J. Robert Oppenheimer as he quoted the Bhagavad Gita. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Thank you again for joining us in exploring the archives. We especially want to thank producer Sarah Schrader for her efforts in supporting the Hidden Archives. The next episode will premiere in two weeks from today as we return to our regular schedule. There are many more stories from the Hidden Archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another Glimpse Within. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please no reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex Animo, Ex Tempus, and Archivum. <laughs>